0: Looked at this once already, but I want to bore in on a few details that we passed over quickly last time and illustrate a few more ways to dig into the riches of a text. So, Father, I pray that as we go from the general glorious connection between incarnation on the one hand and our Humility, on the other hand, you would show us some of the riches of the details here that would cause it to get into us and become reality for us, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So last time you remember, I suggested that sometimes, often, in fact, in the New Testament, the, the great thing, like here, the Incarnation, might be on the lower level of an argument, supporting something less great but glorious and important, namely your uh, humility. We'll see that in a minute. And uh, within that, another support might be that this humility is supporting your service of others. So, this we saw last time, and surprises me every time I look at it that something so massively important as the incarnation could stand in the service of something as practical and simple as my humility so let's let's read the text and see that again do nothing from rivalry or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others and so there you have the the practical level of your humility And so that glorious reality of incarnation all the way from being in the form of God to being crucified in the most horrible way stands in the service of this, its support. Here's the incarnation level right here, and here's your life of humility and service here. Now, what I want to do now is draw attention to some specifics within this life. Let's ask not just what's the source of your uh, living a life of servanthood, namely the incarnation as your empowerment and your model and your uh, atoning provision, but rather within this, what's the source of your doing nothing from rivalry or conceit so rivalry vain ambition and conceit a love of glory that's empty and here we are craving people's approval and here we are strategizing in our in our rivalries to get more praise from people and paul says to do anything out of that motive so there's a support or a a uh, root or a spring of behavior that we shouldn't ever appeal to. Don't do anything that way. Rather, replace this with this. In humility, now, instead of doing anything out of rivalry and, conce- and conceit, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves so humility is supporting a kind of counting others more significant than yourselves and here more specifically don't don't look only to your own interests also look to the interests of others so this service this this other oriented service is rooted here in humility, which is rooted here in the incarnation. So let's let's go backwards now. You've seen the, the picture of living for others here and not living for conceit and not living in rivalry. And you've seen the humility and lowliness is the root of that. Do it in, in humility, do these things. And now the question is, where do we get that humility. And let's be more specific than we were last time. Have have this mind, this humble, other-serving mind among yourselves or in yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And this probably has two focuses. It's yours in him, in that he gives you a magnificent example of it, which inspires us and breaks us and humbles us. And it's yours in Christ Jesus, because you are in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, his humility is your humility, and his spirit is your spirit. So this really is the key, isn't it? In union with Christ Jesus... This is already a reality for us. And now we're just to be inspired by looking at it so that that reality we have in union with Christ becomes a reality in actual ministry. So let's, let's clear all this away so we can see more clearly and look at some of the connections. He was in the form of God, and he did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped. And that word count is exactly the same as that word. And it's Paul's way of drawing our attention to the fact that he could have counted equality with God, something to be held on to. And you could count your status or your Dignity is something to be held on to, so I'm not going to lower myself to watch any, wash anybody's feet or serve anybody's child. I'm going I'm to hold on to my own significance instead of elevating others and putting myself down. And so this is designed precisely to show us the way Christ did this counting, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant And the reason that word is so important is because I can remember when I used to read this in the King James where it said, uh, in humility, count others better than yourselves. And I used to say, "But, but I'm better at algebra than my sister is. She's better than I am at reading, but I'm better than she is at algebra. And so how can I do this? And now I see with the help of this translation, and it's a good one, that the point here is not for us to sit around assessing each other's relative strengths. The point is, put other people by a conscious act of counting in a position to be served by you. Don't just look at your own interests. Look at the interests of others. And there's a beautiful example of this over here in chapter 2, verses 19, where Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. And so the concerns of Jesus Christ are identified with the concerns of others here, so that when we come back here and we see, don't don't just be concerned about your own interests but be concerned about the interests of others that is the concerns of Jesus Christ you are serving Christ you are modeling union with Christ when you serve others so servanthood here is the key to what it means to count others more significant than yourself being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself and there's the third connection In humility, count others. And here we see Jesus modeling the kind of humbling that is required here. He humbled himself. And in that lowliness, that lowly mindset, taking the form of a servant, he was obedient, he died, and he was shamed and suffered on the cross. And there's one last thing that we should probably close with our incentive to lower ourselves here is the same as jesus incentive to lower himself here and what was his incentive well surely it was love for us but look what follows here therefore this is the next verse therefore Because of all of that that has gone before, all that lowliness, all of that self-humbling, all of that self-abasement, therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is something Jesus could look forward to when it says in Hebrews, 12, too, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he abandoned his glorious state and became obedient unto death. And so, when we read that, we are to have the mind of Christ, and we too will be exalted, which is what Paul gets to in 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly, humble bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Oh, yes, there is a season of servanthood, a season of lowliness, a season of self-abasement, a season of suffering and sorrow in this world, and we are going to have glorious bodies, and every tear will be wiped away. And so the incentive for this life of lowliness and servanthood is first that Jesus himself walked that road for us and to model us, and then to the great reward.